We all know dental school is hard, but being a dentist in the real world is even harder. And what about all those things they don't teach you in dental school, like how to talk to patients and when to buy a practice? New Dentist Boost Camp is here to help you. Easily download and watch 12 hours of valuable CE, giving you tools you will want to implement immediately to help with your day-to-day in the office and lessons that will help you through your entire dental career. Learn from Dr. Paul Goodman and top dental professionals. Gain confidence in crown preps, class 2 composites, root canals, and implants. Increase patient acceptance. Effectively communicate to your patients and your dental team. This beneficial course is $9.95, but because Dental Nachos loves to see happy dentists succeeding, they are offering new dentist boost camp to dental students for $3.95. Visit DentalNachos.com slash NDBC for more information and to purchase your discounted download of New Dentist Boost Camp. Watch it and re-watch it anytime. This will be an impactful reference tool that you can continue to learn from and use. Buy it today to help you find a good job, start paying your student loans back faster, and feel great about dentisting. That's what it's all about. Welcome to the Dental Amigos Podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here with you, Rob. It's good to see you, Paul, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Amigos. Today, we have a good amigo in the house, our Philly guy, Mr. Brian Madden. Brian's a commercial real estate broker for Car Healthcare Realty, which is a national commercial real estate firm that does tenant and buyer representation services for their healthcare tenants and buyers. Uh, Brian and Carr help hundreds and hundreds of medical, dental, veterinary, and other healthcare practices to achieve the most favorable terms on their lease and purchase negotiations. Now, while they uh, represent many different healthcare providers, a good deal of their work is with dentists, or that's certainly where we see the most. And Brian covers the Philadelphia, South Jersey region for uh, for CAR. Uh, Brian is really passionate with his work and representation of his clients. And part of the reason I think why I like Brian so much is he's a recovering lawyer who decided to get into the real estate business. So we're going to chat today with Brian about how dentists can save money on their office leases. Sexy stuff, right, Paul? I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Here's the catch, though. While this may not sound like the sexiest topic, we're going to talk about strategies that can save practice owners well into the six figures on their rent. And uh, I'm going to take it one step further, Paul. I'm fully confident that if there is any action or engagement from our listeners on what we're going to talk about today, I'm predicting that our listeners will collectively save millions of dollars as a result of what we're going to talk about. Dennis will love that. I'm not kidding. So, you know, Brian's had some incredible uh, success stories uh, where he saved hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, Dennis and their office leases. So, you know, if 10 people save $100,000, then we, we meet the million-dollar mark. We're doing some good work. That's right. And yeah. that's pretty sexy. Yeah, it? yeah it is. Uh, so, you know, after hearing and witnessing, you know, one success story after another with Brian and his clients, I figured uh, good to get him back on the show. 
Brian was on earlier talking more uh, globally about the dental office lease process, but uh, today we're going to be a little more specific with these renewal issues. And uh, so Brian, as a second-time guest, is joining the likes of Jamie Amos and Mark Costas as repeat guests here. So you're in good company, Brian. All right. And so are they. You know, Brian's, Brian's our, <laughs> our go-to guy and love, uh, love working with him. And now, without uh, further ado, here's Brian Madden. Welcome, amigo, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Gentlemen, how you doing? Thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on a second time, especially. It's an honor. It's good to see you, boys. Great, great to have you. A repeat uh, guest here in studio, and we're going to start our, our second um, you know, time. Instead of asking your favorite nacho topping, we'll switch gears. And you know, Rob has helped me with you know embracing uh, mindfulness, being physically fit. So, what do you do to keep yourself in shape, or you know, work on stress in your life? <clears throat> yeah, I've got uh, I got three little kids, nine, seven, and four. So, uh, running tends to be my thing. So, I'll try and get up early and get out. That's kind of my another four a.m. guy. Are you a four a.m. Uh, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm more like you know five, four thirty-five probably. It's I know it's Rob's up at four thirty. You know, you had Matt on recently. <laughs> yeah. I listened to his story too. You get up at seven thirty a.m. You're lazy in this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> you put in two hours of work. Yeah. That's kind of like my time to my own time because. Then, then your day gets away from you. It's hard to, even with the best intentions, it's hard to do it at lunch or uh, at the end of the day and stuff like that. So yeah. that kind of keeps me even keeled. Nice. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, once once the day starts going, you know, forget it's, it. Right? It's just too much. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, it's nice you have your time, you know, before 5 a.m. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brian, so uh, just briefly, if you could just uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about what Carr does and uh and what you do uh for them before we kind of get into the more specific topic here yeah so car is a um tenant only purchase only healthcare specific commercial real estate firm so we have um we have brokers in probably every major metro area at this point and we can help you with your startups expansions relocations uh transitions and and lease renewals is what we're going to focus on today um specifically but but, uh, yeah, we only work for doctors. Uh, we never take listings from landlords. Even if it's our own doc selling, we don't take that listing either just to keep that, uh, that firewall up and prevent a conflict of interest. Um, Sounds like a lawyer. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> no dual representation. Uh, real estate no dual representation is, for you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> dual representation is no representation. So a lot of these commercial real estate brokers are going to work both sides of the street. Uh, and they'll do a, you know, a, a deal for a landlord one day, and they'll do a deal for a tenant the next day. And when you do that, uh, it's a pretty chummy world. And, um, you know, there might be a hesitation or some would even say a practice of soft showing a deal for a small user like a dentist who's taken two or 3,000 square feet when that landlord may own several buildings in the area and you're hoping to get the listings uh, for those other buildings or maybe even that same building after that deal closes. Cool. Yeah, so now when we're going to talk about today, you know, lease renewals and, and lease extensions and and what people uh, need to be thinking about and, and looking for. So really what we're saying here is, you know, in a, in a dental office lease, uh, the there's the base term, the initial term, which <clears throat> may be, you know, five, 10 years, commonly 10 years, Paul. And that lease at the end of the lease, it ends, right? So it terminates at the, at the end of the initial term. So at that point, most leases have or should have the option to renew for additional time an additional renewal term, it's, it's known as. Uh, and more often than not, you see where the tenant has to actually take action to renew the lease or to extend it for that, that renewal term. Occasionally, you'll see in a lease where it automatically renews unless the tenant says that it shouldn't. 
I would say that we see that less than one in 20 gotcha. times. So typically there's some action that needs to be taken by the, the, the dental practice owner slash tenant to extend that lease. So then most leases are gonna have provisions in there that are going to say how you calculate the, uh, the rent during that, during gotcha. that term, right? So uh, what we see, Brian, is, is typically either uh, a formula you know, where fair market value of will be the rent for the renewal term. Here's how it's calculated, or here's how we'll arrive at it. Or what are some of the other things that you see as uh, as renewal term uh, rental uh, equations? Yeah. So a lot of times for the option periods, you'll see um, a compounding escalator that's predetermined. So whether that's 3%, which is kind of what generally uh, people think is commercially reasonable, we'll try and get that lower. But, of course, that's sort of six and one half dozen the other. Right. Uh, it's really about what, what's your total payment over that term. Uh, sometimes we'll see it flat for five years and then jump 15% and then flat for five years. Uh, and then we'll also see some pretty ugly provisions um, that'll be, you know, sometimes there'll be an appraisal mechanism where you can go through and, and appoint appraisers, which can kind of get a little bit sloppy, or they'll have you know, a, a provision that essentially says that whatever the landlord thinks is the fair market value yeah, at right, the time, yeah. right? That is not <laughs> what we consider to be a real option. Yeah, right? that is not an option. Because um, the key here being it's a, a tenant option is what we're talking about. So this has to be correct. where the tenant has the ability to control the space to stay in there. And so if you give the landlord, as you just joked, and we do see it, it's, it's maddening when people show us these leases, yeah. uh, where the landlord says they'll determine what the rent is during the option period. Well, they could say that it's $500 a square foot. 100%. And if you don't want to pay it, you know, you can go find someplace else to go. Yeah. And some of these landlords are, are uh, pretty tough to deal with. And they'll know how much you spent on your build out. And they'll know that, um, you know, it's going to cost money to leave and they'll use that against you. And they can really hurt you uh, if you have one of those kind of options. Uh, and you have an unscrupulous landlord, uh, you can really get hurt and burnt. Uh, right. They'll say you can renew at 25% starting next year. Right. You know, things like that happen. Right. Yeah. So the way we look at these things, though, in a lease, is that the rental rate for the renewal term is sort of like the worst case scenario. Exactly. You know, that if you're a practice owner, you need to be looking at your lease, know when it's going to expire, know when you have to give notice to renew, and there's a way to save money. Like that, you shouldn't have to pay that amount just because that's what's in the lease. That's the default. That's what will happen if you're, you know, just kind of asleep, uh, asleep at the switch and do nothing. So that's where that's where Brian well, it's interesting. Comes in. You know, I, I, there's not too much I contribute can contribute mm -hmm. to you high powered business people, but I can share that you know dentists are always trying to look at each fixed expense in their office, lab fees, supply fees, and it's just great to bring this awareness out because until I had the pleasure of meeting Brian and Rob. I, I actually just didn't know this even existed, you know, in my dental journey. I mean, right. these are one of the things that dentists, I mean, we talk a lot about making young dentists aware of things, but this is just a tough one to get awareness on because, you know, you might buy a practice when you're 27, sell it when you're 57, and never think about this throughout the time. No, well, and I think, too, <laughs> even in the defense of the people that are, I said, asleep at the switch, you get lulled in this false sense of complacency because... It says, like, well, here's the lease, here's the rent and the renewal term, and this is what it has to be, right? Yeah. No, no, it yeah. doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, we regularly see, um, and we can get into some examples later, but we regularly see dentists that are 20%, 30%, 40% over market uh, on what their renewal option would be if they just elected it as is or just allowed it to, to slide vis-a-vis uh, -vis the ambient market conditions at that time. So what, what, you know, so what happens, and what you're saying is, you know, and this is where it's sort of no good deed goes unpunished, right? 
if you are a longtime tenant in the building and every year your your rent goes up 50 cents or 3%, you know, your reward for being the 25-year tenant is that you are now paying $9 a square foot more than somebody just walks in off the street, right? So as those escalators come in, you just keep pricing yourself up into the point where you're just paying more and more than, than you should be. Right. Yeah. I mean, 3%, it's compounding annually. So uh, by the time you hit, uh, you know, month, uh, you know, 120 and, and you're about to hit the renewal period, you're often over market then. And certainly by the time you're at 15 or 20 in the same building, um, you know, we've seen guys paying 46 bucks a square foot and brand new people are going in at 32, things like that. I and mean, it's yeah. eye opening stuff. That's crazy. And that, that yeah. is not an exaggeration, Paul. And we yeah. see that same kind of craziness. Too. So I can play the role of the, you know, the, the stressed out dentist thinking of a million different things. And I find out about this, right. From a Brian Madden, usually how do those, your clients react and say, <laughs> Oh man, someone should have told me or the landlords now my friend's not my friend anymore you know yeah yeah so that's unfortunate i mean listen so these guys are this is american capitalism and um you know it's a market environment and they're trying to return the maximum investment on their on their real estate so they're not going to bid against themselves they're not going to say hey by the way you're way out of whack with the market and we've seen some guys that are actively creating an environment where that dentist is unlikely to push back against the landlord because they think that the landlord is their friend. So you'll get a bottle <laughs> of scotch at Christmas. You will go golfing once a year. Uh, that I've seen the owner become the patient. And you say, wow, yeah. this guy's my patient. I don't know. Yeah. And I say, doctor, you're paying $10,000 a year more than you need <laughs> yeah, to. Right. You know, he, he knows that, right? So there's times where I can, you, I can buy a new friend with $10,000. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you can do a <laughs> lot with $10,000 a year. Right. Yeah. 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 So right. party yeah, yeah, lots yeah, of yeah. new people. That's exactly right. right. So, yeah, still be ahead you know, and some of these guys, they know exactly what they're doing, right? Um, and some of these guys are nice guys, like I said, but they're, you know, they're not going to bid against themselves. Yeah. So, um, so we get into that situation quite a bit. So if we can get out in front of that renewal period, um, and educate the doctor about what's what's going on in the market. Then we can approach that landlord and explain to that landlord that we've now educated the doctor on what the ambient conditions are. Uh, here are six, seven, eight other options in the area that make sense for this doctor. Here are the deals that we've negotiated with those spaces already, and we're giving you an opportunity to earn, the, you know, the, the, to have this doc remain in your building, you know, to keep his business. Because right now, frankly, he's very upset he feels betrayed. You've paid him on time, you know, for 10, 15, 20 years. And then that landlord is going to treat a complete stranger who just waltzes into that building tomorrow better than this dentist who's paid for all yeah. that time with this excellent credit profile, who's been a completely hassle-free tenant for you, um, and and get concessions for to earn, you know, to get this new tenant in. So, so we see that all the time. And the landlords, you know, they'll push back. Um, you know, they don't want to lose money. They, they see money evaporating. But the reality is we're not there to mug them. We're there to put that dentist back into the position that he should be. And it's also like one of these things where, I mean, I, I the, if the dentist was to leave, you know, and then show back <clears throat> up again, they would get a better rate. So they might as well work with you now. That's and right. When, yeah. I mean, Rob's taught me this. You know, it's not like... The goal is not to have winners and losers in every endeavor, to figure out a plan where they both can win. I just can see the landlords now has to remanage his or her expectations. But, you know, the, you know, the, the, the long-term de- uh, client or dentist is, I would be understandably upset and frustrated. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just take the time to be purposeful about it. Because if, um, if, if, if that dentist does leave the building, that landlord is looking at a rental interruption of, of 12 to 18 months on average, even in a good building. 
You're going to be paying a new broker to list your space for you at a full commission. You're going to be giving up X amount of months of free rent to entice a new user to come in. And then you're going to pay a tenant improvement allowance to turn that space from a dental office into whatever it's going to be next. Or you can treat Dr. Paul the way he should be treated. Right. Right. I mean, that's just kind of how it plays. And uh, part of the theme of the podcast, I think, is cool. And just something struck me. We're all in the same age category. They used to have, like, Battle of the Network Stars. I think we should get... All of Rob's podcast guests, and we'll have like a decathlon against all my podcast guests. I got Mark Costas; he's in good shape. But you got Jamie and Brian, and you know Todd. He's gonna. He's, Todd does a lot of Pilates. He's very flexible. But um, uh, I was kind of thinking what's kind of interesting and just unique about what we bring to the dental space and the dental business space is like now. Uh, you know, if I didn't, if you were saying this, and I might be thinking as a landlord, well, okay, I'll just get a new dentist, right? But we've learned from the Jamie Amoses of the world that getting a new dentist to randomly start up their practice in that place is nearly impossible. So it's like, you know, dentist listening. And, you know, I, I was in that boat before meeting Rob. It's like, I thought, okay, well, if I'm the landlord, I'll just let this guy go and I'll get a new dentist to come in here and, and take over. But I kind of, it's not the, it's not the housing market in Philadelphia and Rittenhouse Square <clears throat> where right. you have families coming. Right. It's like, you know, and, na- and now I see this in my own town where I practice, I get, I have a real estate agent who calls me up all the time and says, you sure you don't want another practice like a mile away? I'm like, no, I'm annoyed enough by this one. Um, you know, <laughs> but he's, you know, has empty space. Yeah. And he's, yeah. these were specially buyers. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost nearly an impossible feat to start up a practice because of a space, you know? So it's just, it's just a good, you know, uh, circle of dentisting business life to see that how the Jamie Amos world, Rob and Brian kind of all come together in this. Yeah, it's a little bit of a catch-22, and Rob's talked about this before with with condos and and, um, space like that. It can be a fairly illiquid asset. You know, so it's a, the landlord has a great tenant in there, and it's a great use with, uh, with, you know, essentially a zero default rate. But if that dentist leaves, you know, an insurance company or a CPA or a lawyer or any of these other traditional office users don't care that there's this much plumbing in there, and they're going to have to end up you know, retrofitting the space anyhow. So everybody gets a sink in their office, right? It's got an office with a kitchenette. Oh, yeah. Eight kitchenettes in my, yeah, right, in my right, law right. firm here. Exactly right. Everybody's got a microwave that washes their hands. Got a, got a lot, lot of plumbing, a lot of electricity. And, and the other awesome. part too is that, yeah. you know, dental offices have a high revenue, right? So it's like, you can't, you know, turn around another business isn't necessarily going to take over even the space that we own for our Pennington practice and want to pay the rent for, you know, what we pay as a dental office. So it's just like, I, I think you guys are doing such a, a cool thing. You know, once again, I'm, I'm impressed again. Second podcast, you know. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's uh, it's truly, you know, when you save a dentist um, a lot of money and it's it's real money and it comes right off the top uh, and you get to make that call um, and, and tell them it was a free service because the landlord's going to pay us a half commission to keep this in building because otherwise he's looking at significant costs to, to acquire a new tenant. That's a lot of fun. I mean, that's that's truly yeah. uh, something I enjoy doing. So yeah, a lot of value there. And and you know, it's so even if they do want to f- put another dentist in, I mean, the vacancies are what they are, and it takes time to do that. And if you're going to put another business in that's not a dentist, then they're going to have to spend money tearing out the uh, the improvements. You know, which is uh, which is not a good thing either. So they have every incentive to to, to play ball. So let's. I want to talk about. <clears throat> let's just kind of run people through sort of like a. A hypothetical, Brian, shall okay. we, right? Since lawyer to lawyer, right? Yeah. Uh, where, like, you know, let's talk about, like, kind of the scenario and, like, a time frame of how people should approach this. So uh, let's say, you know, Dr. Nacho has mm-hmm. his, uh, his dental office lease. It's a 10-year lease. And uh, he has to give the landlord 270 days advance notice before the termination of the initial term 
to let them know whether or not he wants to renew or extend that lease. So nine months in advance of his lease ending, Dr. Nacho has to tell the landlord what he wants to do as far as a renewal. And let's just throw it in there that the renewal rent uh, shall be uh, 3% more than it was uh, you know, during the, uh, the initial lease term. So when should this uh, dentist start thinking about uh, negotiating with the landlord and approaching the landlord, and how should they go about doing it? Yeah, so ideally we're, we're in front of that deal by about a year. Um, so, you know, it, there's, a, there's sort of um, a sweet spot where you can, you can be out in front of it enough that the landlord will know that you're serious and you have enough time to build a new office and get in. But if you're too far out, then they won't take you seriously because they know that other spaces out there don't want to negotiate with you two years away from and have you pay double rent. Right. So there's, you know, if you're about a year out, it is best. Um, and then if a you look- A year before that renewal deadline, you're saying? I would say a year before- Before the, that nine month period comes. Well, um, that might be a little bit too much. It just depends. Usually a year before the end of the lease itself. But yeah. you, you definitely have to be out in front of the renewal period. Right. I would say by at least six months for that. Yeah. So, so yeah. really, yeah. So like that would be in the nine month scenario. So, you know, a year and three months. So six You're, months yeah. before. I like that. I'd say even myself, you know, six to nine months, maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe nine months before you have to give that notice, you should be reaching out to the broker to say, hey, let's start the process. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, and if you get in, you know, if you guys are out there listening to this and you say, I just realized I have three months left. Uh, we can still do those deals and we'll, we'll get in front of, you know, we can, we can find, this is our area. This is what we do. I have access to a lot of build out dental space that we can slide people into and, uh, the landlords know what we do. So all is not lost, but your, your best leverage and your best posture is to get out in front of that deal so that you have a credible threat that you're going to be moving out because the landlord knows that you're going to have to build out and it takes time to do that, negotiate a new space, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So if you wait until the eve of, it's sort of like, I could leave. Like, yeah. well, no, you really can't right, yeah. because you don't have enough time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. And they, they realize that. And so here, here's the other thing, too, that I'll say because Brian probably won't want to say, it, but it's so crucial to, to work with a broker in this situation for, for a number of reasons. I mean, first off, let's just say it doesn't cost the tenant anything. Right. Good for start. For starters. Okay. Dentists love that. Second reason. The broker knows what the market rent is every place else. You know, Brian has access to comparable rental rates in the area. So if you're paying $32 a square foot and you think, uh, well, hey, I went to the landlord and I negotiate that renewal rent to $30 a square foot. Yeah, but Brian knows that everybody in those sorts of buildings within two miles is paying $25 a square foot, right? So you just don't have the information as the dentist to, uh, to do that. But probably even more so than anything is this is a game. This is very right. much a cat and mouse game. And like so many things that we talk about, this is like a one kind of transaction. Right, yeah. right Paul? Where, you know, if you haven't done this a bunch of times, you don't kind of know, you don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. And there's there's a little dance that goes along with this, which is, hey, you know, you're he's paying too much or she's paying too much. Dr. Nacho's seven bucks a square foot over. He could leave. And the landlord knows that Brian Madden, the broker, can actually follow through and execute right. on that. If you're the dentist DIYing this, trying to negotiate directly with the landlord, the landlord knows they still, they've got more information than you, that you don't know necessarily what the rent should be. And they also know that you haven't taken the next step to go talk to the broker who can actually 
deliver on the threat. Yeah. So you're just like, hey, I could leave if I want. Yeah, but you haven't even started the process. It's, it's, Meanwhile, Brian says, hey, I'm showing him three other spaces on Tuesday that are $7 a square foot less, and they're going to give him 50 bucks of TI uh, to build out a brand new office in this great location. Oh, yeah. oh, all right. Right. I get it. And, and, all right. And, and, what are you, what are we talking about here? That's a totally different posture. It's such good yeah. good commentary for a few reasons and I can share as the, you know, exhausted dental practice owner. First, even if you want to do it yourself, when are you going to have the time to do it? When are you going to be figuring this out? You have patients all day, you have stuff at night, you have family obligations, even if you could do it. Secondly, uh this is just why there's mediators and everything in life because they do going back to your beginning point that you do have a relationship with this person uh and some maybe sometimes the dentist is extra unreasonable totally possible when they find out you know i shouldn't save you know five thousand dollars a year brian i should get you know save twenty thousand dollars a year now you can manage their expectations so that's i mean it's just all good i mean there's no you have a person to act for you who's less emotionally attached to this whole process um somebody who can like follow through you said on you know moving the space and then the dentist i mean our listeners out there and we've had a lot of great practice owners on this year on this year like i need like three extra hours in the day and you just will wind up not doing it i mean you just wind up think it'll sound good and you right. just won't follow through with it so this is you know just take this win dentist to have something like this on your side to to try well yeah and even if you do it you there's no way you can do it well there's no, no way that you could do it as well as as somebody who does this for a living every day. Yeah, no, this is a great point. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, that I see, Brian, and I'm not sure, we haven't had any deals that we've worked on together with this was the case, I don't think, but I've had a few uh, where clients have been able to negotiate uh, other concessions from the landlord or other benefits. So like, if you've been in the space for 20 years and the carpet's kind of ratty and need some paint and the windows aren't quite right or some other improvements that need to be made to the space you have every opportunity to go to the landlord right and say hey you know we need to fix these things and i've seen landlords give you know 15 20 dollars a square foot of uh, tenant improvement allowance to an existing tenant that's been there for a long time what does that mean could you share with me like so we have we have own one space we rent one space Something like that was there because you guys use your you guys use your mesial and distal terms a little bit like dentists do when we don't know. The I have no idea. So, <laughs> right. so, yes, so, so when you say they'll give fifteen or twenty dollars a square foot tenant improvements, what would that mean for Doctor Nacho's house of dentistry if this was my thing and, and you did this aspect, this other thing? What would that mean? So money yeah, wise? so the idea is that um, if you're in a space that's tired and it's older and it needs refreshing, then you would get a ten improvement allowance of ten, fifteen, maybe twenty bucks a square foot to go in there and do new tiles, do new two by two in the ceiling. And so if you had a two thousand square foot space, you might get three or four thousand dollars. Is that you'd be getting twenty, thirty thousand? Twenty or thirty thousand yeah. dollars. It'd be, say, it, it was ten it, bucks a square. Oh, sorry. Foot. It, yeah. it just yeah. you're getting this as like a. They're paying for this for just, whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, gotcha. where you know it depends on how you structure it. They might want to see the invoices first, and then they'll pay it to make sure that the work actually gets done because it's their building, so they want to enhance the value of their. Because it's a quote know. unquote improvement. You know, it's improvement to the space that they own. I mean, again, the whole dental lease thing, very kooky thing to invest as much money as you do in this space that you don't own. Yeah, correct. but it is an improvement to the landlord. And what are space. examples that they people have used the twenty or thirty thousand dollars for? You you mentioned carpet or. Yeah, new VCT tile. Um, 
you know, new ceiling tiles, new painting. Uh, sometimes they'll move around some vacant space that they had that was dead, and then they're going to put a new op in, things like that. Gotcha, uh, okay. So yeah, you get, like, that. a list of things that people would, they'd be willing to use it for. Yeah, generally the landlords are, are pretty flexible with what you can use it on as long as it's based uh, like you can't get a new dental chair. You can't get a cat cam or a down yeah, payment yeah. on something. Um, so it's got to be usually related to the space itself. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's fairly common because if, if, if you left and a new tenant came in, you might that. you're going to be paying that at least or more you know yeah, probably uh, more probably more you know so yeah that happens all the time i did a deal a couple weeks ago for a dentist locally here um typical story he was there 15 years paid on time great guy and uh he was at 25 dollars and 32 cents a square foot three percent escalators that kept compounding and the landlord was putting brand new tenants in the same building at 16 dollars a square Damn. foot right so we, we knew of other locations. We went out into the market, showed him everything. Uh, the doctor was very upset. Landlord tried to go around us, which is o- always happens. Uh, and the doctor- They're predictable, aren't they? Just right? so predictable. Yeah, we always look like we're going to predict the future because I'm going to tell you, hey, the landlord's going to try and go around us. So he forwarded the emails to me, which I sent back to the landlord, and then they, they got more serious. But um, yeah, they agreed to his rent. He's going to give him three months of free rent. They're going to give him a, a rent of 16, and they're going to give him uh, 15,000 bucks to wow. fix up his space with, with you know, whatever he wants to do cosmetically. So, uh, you know, he's going to save over 200,000 bucks, and the landlord sent us a check to keep him in the building. You know, that's, it didn't cost awesome. the doctor. He's like a superhero to wear a cape. I like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels good <laughs> to make that call and say, hey, doc, yeah. listen, here's what the story is. I mean, he was confused about how all this was possible. But, when, you know, once you explain this is the process, then... Um, you know, it makes sense because, you know, the if he did leave, then the landlord was looking at, at quite a bit of loss otherwise, you know. He was only going to get 16 bucks for that same space anyhow. The key, though, again, I've said it a couple of times, but I have to say it again because it is so important. You have to really take this action, start the process with enough time that you have the ability to have the leverage with a landlord that they know that you could leave. You know? gotcha. And yeah. if you if you wait too long on that, then you you really lose uh, a lot of uh, bargaining power. You still may be able to get something done, yeah, but not anywhere near what you would otherwise be. Able you need to, an FBI negotiator if you're a month out. You know, right. exactly. and, and the other time is it's a good time to look at your lease itself for provisions in your lease, like the assignment clause and relocation clause, and other things Excellent that point. you can get an attorney involved in, because especially if you're looking to sell your practice, because a lot of these. Uh, you know, a lot of the dental leases that we look at, were, there was no representation on either side sometimes. You know, right. uh, there was no lawyer and there was no broker. So the financials and the legal provisions in the lease itself make no sense. We're, we're completely one way to the landlord. So mm-hmm. it's a good time to reset that, especially if you're looking to sell in the next term that's coming up. Uh, if you can clean up that assignment clause uh, and the permitted uses and these sorts of things um, or sublease situations, that, that's the time to do it because that's when your leverage uh, is its best. I love it. Yeah. So these are all the dental specific things yeah, that we'd right. like to see in the lease, you know, automatic assignment in connection with the sale. And maybe even, you know, if you didn't have representation at the time that they signed the lease, then, hey, in, and if you're the only dentist in the center, let's ask for some exclusivity. Right, yeah. you know, and, and you you have the leverage just like you are like you did the the day you came in, you right. know, uh, to to ask for those kinds of things. And I think that's a great point, Brian. That this is at the stage where you're doing this is you've been there for a while, maybe ten, maybe fifteen years. Now you this is a, definitely a, a time if you haven't thought of it already. Hey, this is what I need to do to kind of line myself up to uh, to allow me to to transition my my practice at some point in the future. This is these are the least provisions that the buyer is going to take over, and what we're going to talk about. Yeah. I, I could see, I know where you're going with this, Paul, and and this is this is the stuff that can haunt people. So we're talking about the economics, 
which we'll talk about in a minute. And we're talking about these other non-economic terms that can impact your ability to transition your practice. Totally. I was just going to say initially, because you've given such great content to the residents about employment agreements, and you sort of say, when someone wants to get out the employment agreement, it's usually not a, a good thing, right? Where is right. that thing? Yeah. And I have to say, and I'm just willing to say as a, you know, uh, practice owner myself like if you asked me for my lease for my space i'd be like okay well where is that thing where where do we get it you know <laughs> right and i'm sure that's right. classic and i'm and i'm sure jeff, just jeff has it right yeah yeah yeah, jeff, jeff, yeah, yeah Bring jeff, me the lease, jeff, but uh you know it's just one of those things where you know you kind of file away so if you are going to sell it it's just start to get some awareness about this and i think it's like what we do with our seminars it's not just for people and this is just a good you're saying the same thing here with you know getting ahead of it 12 months you know, you can start thinking about this at any time because when you say people might be like, they might be wanting to sell in five years and this is their leases wrapped around that. So, yeah. And this is the know, time to do it, right? right? A time it's to not get- the eve of when you go to the landlord and say, hey, uh, I want to sell my practice and assign my lease. And uh, there's some things in here that the buyer doesn't like. Well, right. Yeah. Too late. Too right. Late, right. Yeah. That's just, so I, I think that's such a critical point. And you were saying, you know, uh, it's not one of the things that's talked about a lot with practice transitions, but it should be more because, you know, I, I repurposed, I think I told one of your jokes at the Dental Success Summer Up. I might have given you uh, credit for it. I hope I did. I hope but so. I, I, we, we share them. We share them. We share them. But, I uh, take it anyway. You know, I, we, I steal you, a lot yeah, of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you say you, uh, you can't have, uh, you can't, if you just have dental, there's got to be dental office, right? right. You, you know, can't have a dental office without <laughs> the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And it's just there dental. And it's very true. And, yeah. you know, the, it's it's just high, high emotions when practices are being bought and sold on both sides. You know, it's like the buyer, the seller, and then sometimes you hit a roadblock with this extremely non-sexy thing that can just really throw the monkey wrench into the whole process. I mean, there, we've yeah. had two deals in the office in the last 30 days <laughs> that have that have gone uh, fallen apart because yeah. of, of these exact issues. So, but that's the non-economic stuff. But the economic stuff, Paul, this is right in your wheelhouse. You know, if if somebody's going to buy a practice or you're trying to sell your practice, and the buyer's looking at the cash flow, looking at the profitability, right. and if you're paying whatever, you know, $40,000 a year more than what you should be, not only have you been paying that that VIG for all these years, right, and paying the money <laughs> yeah. to the landlord, right. now that means your practice is going to be worth yeah. less because yeah. the person that's looking at that when they do the valuation, they say, well, yeah, he's got this rotten lease where he's paying, you know, right. 10 bucks a square foot more than everybody else. And, you know, the that just adds to the, the, the quote unquote, the overhead number, right? When yeah. you're looking at, right. at what a practice is worth. So you, you end up paying twice uh, for, for the same mistake. I think the best way to put it, so I can explain in most people, is like kind of get your practice in wedding shape. So if you look at like my wedding photo, every, you know, it's like a whole process for you to get, you want to look good, uh, lose weight, be ready to, for your wedding. And then, you know, look at what love makes you do. I'm filled with love now, Brian. That's what happens, you know? Uh, uh, but uh, the same thing with practices, you know? It's like get your practice in as as, mo- as the most attractive shape it can be to sell it. And even if you're not going to sell it for a few years, it's just good. You're, it's a win-win. You know, you're making more money while you do it, and you're just ready to uh, have it ready for the next buyer. It's an important point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brian, uh, tell us, how can people... Uh, people contact you uh, if they have questions about any of this or want to get your help with uh, with this stuff? Yeah, so you can give me uh, a call at 215-696-9499, uh, or you could um, shoot me an email. It's brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Madden, M-A-D-D-E-N, at car, C-A-R-R dot U-S. And then, of course, on the website, uh, we'll have a list of brokers by geography, et cetera. Um, and, and the one other thing that I wanted to mention was the, the amortization schedule on a tenant improvement allowance. So sometimes mm, we'll see, um, 
it totally depends on the deal. It depends on the landlord. It depends on the building. Um, it depends on the credit profile of the prospective tenant. Uh, but some of these <clears throat> spaces are going to have a certain TI number contemplated in the base rent as is. But if you need more than that, it, it's going to be sometimes amortized into the rent itself. However, the landlords are always going to recapture that amortization, that, that TI, that investment into you, that investment in the space by year 10 because that's the base term because they don't know if you're going to renew or not. As a result of that, each of those years from 1 through 10 are going to have a certain percentage of the rent that uh, is related to that cash injection from year 1. So in other words, year 11 should not necessarily be a step up on year 10 because right. the cash payment from year 1 has been recaptured by year 10 and no one knows that. So we we see these land, uh, you know, these dentists that have accidentally paid for their own TI allowance twice by year 20. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a shame that it goes down like that. So Yeah, so I mean and so we've kind of recast this a little bit. So what you know what we're talking about is that money, that TI money does get added to the rent. So TI money, a tenant improvement yeah. allowance, is not free, right? That, right, yeah. It's kind of, it's more like a loan. It's not a gift. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, a loan yeah. that gets added to your rent. But, you know, it is a loan for that specific amortized tenant improvement uh, allowance. So if you look and you say it's a 10-year lease and there's $100,000 of tenant improvement allowance, that gets, quote unquote, repaid after 10 years. So then on the renewal year, Brian's saying is, you shouldn't start where you left off because where you left off was the rent plus the repayment of that tenant improvement allowance loan, quote unquote. So, you know, where we see this from time to time, I'll tell you though, Brian, so infrequently do I see people actually deal with that right though. Yeah. You know, like almost every lease that I see out there, certainly with the renewal term stuff, is going to continue to build off of that previous year. We just, the process of doing a deal for a client in the Southwest and um, we, we, we negotiated that the, the rent, the base rent, because we agreed to an actual rental amount mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the renewal terms, uh, is going to be the same as the base rent would have been if there was no tenant improvement allowance back way back when. I just that did a should deal be similar. The, that should exactly. be the starting point. Exactly right. Yeah, that's a huge point. But how often, do, I mean, I, if I see that one in 20 times, one in 30 times, so many people miss that. Probably less than that. Yeah, you're 100% correct. Yeah, 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 and that's that's a big. Well, you are game. real me go to dentist, and Brian, you're going to be at the dentist team boost, and we have a lot of awesome sponsors for that. And usually, you don't think of the healthcare realty guys being the most popular guy, but people are going to come up and hug you. We better wear, you better wear your cape, bring your cape. May 31st to June 1st, we're going to you're going to we'll be, be there. there. We'll and be I, there. I can tell already, our listeners might sign up just because of you. Where's <laughs> hi, I'm Paul. I do all this work. Where's Brian? I need my tenant improvement. So yeah, you know, you have to stop by uh, the yeah, car booth and give yeah, Brian yeah. a hug. So right? now <laughs> we understand what you do. Yeah. So uh, uh, great. Thanks so much, Brian. All right. Well, thanks very much. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate yeah, it's it. Cool. Oh, thanks, Brian. So that's good stuff, Paul. Once again, Brian Madden, you know, showing us uh, showing us the money on you know what the the right thing is to do if you're going to uh, to get involved with uh, office lease negotiations. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more exciting than you think. And as someone who does so much with dentists, you know, coaching and the practice transitions, you know, dentists with the insurances are just having a hard time raising their top number, no matter how hard you work. So this is just a way to manage your overhead and in a way that I just I know people have never thought of i hadn't thought of it before so i just think it's super cool that this exists out there yeah and and it's like it's it's so easy to do it it costs nothing and but the the savings is really they're really yeah, then impactful then it's like you know the brian said and you say all the time be purposeful and it just it's there it happens year after year for you and you know it's just like that person who's going to save 
two hundred thousand dollars over 10, 10 years that's real money yeah you, know, you could use it for other things your 401k you can use it for you know dentists are really in a difficult spot with trying to figure out ways to be more profitable and obviously one thing like we talk about add implants and do other things sleep apnea but other ways is to work on your defense you know offense and defense and i just think that's perfect yeah that's a great point yeah 200 grand over 10 years is probably a little bit paying a little too much for that bottle of scotch yeah, that, that exactly, your landlord gives right? you yeah, at the yeah. holidays right exactly i agree good thanks paul thanks rob Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.